All right, all. Well, question I'm often asked is how we should pray. And uh, I've been asked this question several times. And often when men come to an understanding of salvation by justification in Christ alone, and they come to rejoice in God's determination of all things, this is a question that almost immediately arises. It was also asked by skeptics that hope to destroy those who rejoice in the accomplished salvation of Christ. And I'm sure it's no surprise to, to my listeners and my readers that I, being the most harsh, intolerant, and judgmental person on the internet, uh, I it shouldn't come to you as a surprise that I think that the prayers of most people are pretty pathetic. They are self-centered, usually, which is simply a symptom of a self-centered gospel. There was an old church that I used to attend faithfully, and almost every Wednesday, without fail, all the members of the church would gather to have a little prayer meeting, and the theme of our meeting consisted mostly of praying for what we thought we, we needed. In other words, we were actively engaged in idolatry. Romans 14, 23b, look it up. And I would say that's what most people are, are, are like. They are idolaters. And so the prayers of most people are flat out idolatry. Men, by their very nature, are obsessed with themselves. And they won't even think of praying to the Lord, the sovereign God of the universe, until all the hardships of this world become too great for them to bear. They only look to a God of their own imagination to help them out of their pinch that they might be in. All right, They're not praying to the sovereign I am who does whatever he pleases. Oh, no, no, no. They say that would be like praying to a monster. <laughs> uh, and a lot of so-called Calvinists, uh, they claim to rejoice in praying to a sovereign God. Uh, after all, they, they pray for the Lord to heal them of their sicknesses and save those they think are lost. Uh, and I remember even attending a prayer meeting and even saying amen to men who prayed for the salvation of all who were alive. And uh, I think that's wrong. Because I think our prayers, of course, should be that all of God's elect sheep are brought to faith in God's time. Not not something that is clearly against God's purpose. Because obviously God is not predestinated for all men to be saved in Christ. So we shouldn't be praying towards that end. If anything, what we should be praying for is that we, as God's believers, as God's people, are given the ability to comprehend uh, the gospel and God's plan of salvation from Genesis to Revelation, and if called to faithfully proclaim the gospel with honesty and clarity. The uh, biblical model for prayer starts with worship and adoration. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Prayer is about 
thankfulness and rejoicing in the truth. It's about being thankful for whatever God has done. It's about placing God above man. And you'll have to... I have to apologize for the vacuum cleaner in the back room. It's one of these automatic things that automatically <laughs> uh, empties itself. Anyway, whatever occurs in the life of the believer is for his good. And it's because it's been purposed by God. And we, like Paul, should be thankful for whatever situation in which we find ourselves. Paul didn't complain when he received that thorn in the flesh. It was, it was put there for his good. Now, I don't know what that thorn was. There's been a lot of speculation over the years. But uh, I can only imagine that he praised the Lord for his infirmities. <laughs> uh, can you see you doing that? Can you see... Can can I, should I be thankful for my infirmities? I should be. I'm often not. But when we do find ourselves in sickness, how, how exactly should we pray? David prayed in Psalm 119 uh, that it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, And that thou in faithfulness hast afflicted me. He didn't devote a prayer meeting after prayer meeting to his sickness. No, he thanked the Lord for his sickness. Can you imagine that? Can you do that? There have been times in my life where I've been so sick with some sort of stomach flu or or flu and and I spent, you know, several hours by the toilet just vomiting with a bad case of stomach flu. It, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a pleasant experience. And I've gone this through a few times. And I'm sure most of you who are listening who have made it through several years of adulthood have probably experienced the same thing. <laughs> but <laughs> if or when sickness afflicts me again, whether it be cancer hepatitis, heart disease, diabetes, or just COVID-19, or just the cold. I hope that I'm brought to the point where I can lift my head up and thank the Lord like David did for my afflictions. God, God's afflictions can, can be just as much a blessing as his healings are. And we should never really ever forget that. So, what, how, then to answer the question at the beginning of this podcast, how, how should we pray? Well, the answer is given to us by Christ. Thy will be done. We can ask for his will to be done. We can also state that his will will be done. And I've heard a preacher state that we should only pray for God's will of desire as opposed to his decretive will. In other words, we should pray for what we think God wants. And I disagree that there are two wills of God, and I've had a podcast on this. Uh, we can go back in the catalog. You'll, I think I even answered the question. I think the podcast was t- titled, uh, how, how Many Wills of God Are There? But in a sense, I, I agree that we should pray for God's will of desire, because what he wants or desires is exactly what he has decreed. There's no separation of desiring and his decreed of will. 
Okay, he doesn't desire something that he can't have. All right, he doesn't desire something that he will not do. All right, he gets everything he wants. <laughs> it's crazy to think otherwise, folks. So then, why do we pray that Thy will be done? Because He knows what's best. We pray this because whatever He does is the best thing that could ever happen. No matter what it is, whenever when calamity is all around you and things are just falling apart, and this world, this crazy world we live in, is it seems like it's going insane everywhere. It's the best thing that could have ever happened. <laughs> it's because God ordained it, folks. We pray because we love God. And we should not be satisfied with anything less than what he desires and what he has decreed. Of course, in our flesh, we fight against that. Oh, I'm the worst. I am the worst. Just talk to my son, Cole. He can tell you what I did today in the, in the car. Got upset about a stoplight. How dumb am I? Well, I'm. you're probably dumb too, like me. <laughs> uh, but anyway... I should be thankful for whatever happens in my life and whatever comes my way. But my, my flesh is weak and I just, I am a terrible excuse for a Christian at times. But I, I should be so much more confident in the will of God. But we live here on earth and we see things darkly. Uh, in heaven, we will see things more clearly and we will have a greater understanding than what we have today. Today, things are dark. We see through a darkened glass. And those who don't know Christ, <laughs> they don't see darkly. <laughs> they see a shiny mirror and only see themselves. <laughs> they refuse to even acknowledge their creator. Uh, and uh, I would just ask all of you who are listening tonight that you would think about your prayers. Don't mimic those of the false religionists around us. The heathen, they, they name it. They claim it. They blab it. And then they try and grab it. But they fail to rejoice in the sovereign God of Scripture. So let us do let us do likewise, okay? And that's about all. You have a great night. I'll catch you tomorrow, hopefully. Bye-bye.